welcome back to a bonus episode of Mostly Ghosts. Hello. Killing it. Ray, how you doing over there? Good. Doing That's good. what I like to hear, baby. Um, this is a little uh, highlight episode we wanted to put together um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so back. Me and Ray sat down with uh, Black Lotus Productions for their uh, podcast. Uh, it was a great show. You know what I mean? A lot of cool things was discussed. You know, shout out to Ralph, Damien, Wild Trees, uh, Terry, Dark Hour, and Kimberly. You know, Kimberly was on our show before. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, she brought us on to her gang over here and uh, did Black Lotus Live, which is a great show. And uh, like I said, we talked about a lot of things. So, if you like what you hear here, go listen to the full episode on their YouTube page, uh, Black Lotus Productions YouTube. Uh, name of the episode is uh, Matthew Fisher. I know that guy. And uh, Ray Booten. Hey, I know that guy too from Mostly Ghostly. Well, shit, I listen to that podcast from time to time. Man, I I I, uh, I gotta get I gotta get in tune with this. So. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to listen to a highlight reel a little bit. I got, I don't get beautiful. All right, folks out there. So yeah, good folks over there. And uh, if you like what you hear, go listen to the full episode. Even if you don't like what you hear, go listen to the full episode and give them folks some love over there because uh, they're down with your friends at Mostly Ghostly. And everybody that's down with your friends at Mostly Ghostly is down with you, I'd hope. Doesn't have to be. I know the vibe. I've been there before myself. Sometimes you got an outsider that comes into the pack with your friends. You know, who knows how they're brought into the mix. You know what I mean? But now all of a sudden they're there. And they're, a, uh, they're an undesirable that, you know, in another day, another walk of life, another dance, another party, you regularly wouldn't catch yourself moseying, doing the two-step with this person, um, getting down with them. But you do so because, you know, you, you like that friend so much that you, you, you take that bullet right in the fucking chest, into the heart, up into the brain, uh, and really fuck up your night, JFK style. So, uh, you know, we don't want to be that for you. Or we don't want to do that. We don't want you guys out there and you girls out there ever to feel uh, like that. We, we, we would hate that. So, uh, we'll never, you know, don't go do what you got to do, but do what you got to do when you got to do it. Know what I mean? Got to do? Got to do. If you like this episode, go check out more of their episodes. And, of course, if you like our episodes... Go check out more of our episodes. But for right now, here's a highlight of Mostly Ghostly appearing on Black Lotus Live. Do you think that our souls, for lack of a better term, are living lives in different dimensions Hmm. currently? You mean at the same time? Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. I think one at a time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's like you have a whole piano, right? You open up the piano, inside you see all the strings. I'll make this quick, promise. All of these strings may be representing every dimension that has infinite potential to be experienced. You, with your consciousness, decide, well, I like D-sharp. Pluck, and you pluck that vibration, and that's the reality you experience at the moment. doesn't necessarily mean that the other strings don't exist. You're just focused on the sound and the moment and being in that D-sharp. Makes sense. 
And then, yes, yeah, so, to, to go along with that, and this, this idea of other dimensions, I do think, well, I know for sure that humans, as we're alive, we're very limited in our perception. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's like infrared rays, there's radio waves, all this stuff going on. And as humans, we are just very limited to what we can observe. Right. So I think if if something remains after your after death, I think some of those constraints come off, and we're able to observe things that we weren't when we're doing when we're alive. So it's possible that yeah, it, uh, the idea is interesting that while we're alive here, we're also you know living a life or experiencing something in another dimension. It's possible that that could be happening, but like I said, we're just so limited right now with our perception. So we don't realize it till after death, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, we can barely hear you. What'd you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Matt and Ray, I got a question for you about your podcast, mostly ghostly. How did you guys get started with this? Um, well, me and Ray, we kind of got introduced to each other through the film world, uh, writing and directing something (laughs) on SPED, you know, it was a conversation, you know, piece paranormal stuff, we always, it's one of the things that kind of always pops up, especially on like a horror movie, you know, but the, the, the the theme of it is that it has a very otherworldly vibe to it, so me and Ray just kind of always clicked with that, we did a few productions together, and uh, I started getting more into podcasting. When I first entered into it, like a paranormal show, something I knew I'd want to do because I've always been like obsessed with it and just loved it as a kid. And uh, I know Ray knows all this stuff on it. I mean, he's he's, he's my guru. And uh, we just, I, I reached out to him and I asked him if he wanted to do it, and he was gung ho. And uh, started we started our started up a couple years ago. Was it a couple of years ago? Was it? Very cool. Yeah, I, I think it's almost two years now. Wow. Uh, I have a question for you guys. You, you talk about video a lot. What is your, um, what camera do you like using? Uh, you know, like what's the, yeah, well, like what, what's the last camera you guys use that you like using for filming? Oh, shot on a red, one of our last cameras. Oh, a red. Yeah, red's are real nice, but we shot on everything, DSLR, uh, we do the we do these small little uh, anthology films, like set shorts for anthology films with a friend of ours out of the UK. And I want to do one on a cell phone, just because yeah. you know people always talk about how you can do them that way now. And it's the quick, you know, it's so it's in your pocket. So it'd be fun just to do it to do it. Just that one little short. I wouldn't want to become some cell phone filmmaker or anything like that. Sure, sure. Let's talk a little bit about cryptozoology and cryptids. Uh, I, I, I got a question for the entire panel here. Um, have you seen that recent video? I believe it came out of uh, uh, Idaho, and it's a close-up shot of Bigfoot. But the shot only lasts about I don't know six seconds, something like that, and it's just repeated over and over and over, <clears throat> which really makes it suspect to me. But you take a close look at this supposed Bigfoot. And the thing, first of all, the thing is huge. It's absolutely huge. If this is a guy in a costume, I mean, I can see, you know, some big athlete being in a costume like that. But because it's a close-up shot, 
you know, you can see the musculature throughout the body. And, I mean, I don't know what to think of this thing. I really don't. I mean, you can even see the bottom of its feet. And, you know, they're very pale. You know, so, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about this uh, video? I think it's too short to even judge it properly. Right. I mean, if you've got video going of Bigfoot and it's that clear, keep it going. Right. You know, that drives me nuts. There was another one not too long ago where this guy in a kayak took footage of a Bigfoot that was wading through a creek. And the video ends before the thing even gets out of the creek. I mean, he, the thing is walking toward the edge of the creek, and the video ends. So you can't see it actually get out of the creek. And, I mean, these short videos drive me nuts. I mean, say what you will about uh, uh, the Gimlin thing, but yeah. at least at least it's complete footage. It was long yeah. video. You can see the face, you can see the side, you can see it walking. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm looking for the video. Is it? Did you guys post it on the Black Lotus page? Uh, I think I did. I don't remember. Yep. yep. I think Damien did put it up there. All right. What do you, uh, Ray? What do you and Matt think about this? About Bigfoot? Uh, well, I I have not seen that video. Uh, do I think that that's uh, Bigfoot is a possibility? Yes. I think many cryptids are a possibility. This goes partly to. Uh, I was, well, I do have some Micmac blood, and I was adopted locally by a tribe, and we, many of the legends that, and the stories that they, they would tell, they would look at it not as uh, current 21st century people do. They would look at it as, this is a real being. Mm. This, this is something real that is with you. And having taken part in, in ceremonies there on the reservation, I really believe that there is fact behind these beliefs. When they say it is real, I believe that it is real. Knowing these people and things that I've seen, I'd have to say yes. Uh, whether it is Bigfoot, uh, Wendigo, or Wendigo, whichever way you want to say it, I believe that these are real. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I haven't seen the footage yet either, uh, but I definitely believe that it could be something for sure. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I kind of sit down where Ralph is, and I have to ask the question: Why the brevity? Uh, Listen, if you guys capture, if you're out there, whoever's listening to the show, and you capture something anomalous on camera, whether it be a cryptid, an uh, extraterrestrial, a spirit, don't. Stop rolling and don't edit it, for God's sake. Let us see the raw footage. Are you pulling the phone out of the, you know, your pocket, pressing the record? Oh, my God, it's shaky. Who cares? Because it's a, it's a candid moment, and we're going to have more to look towards in the way of legitimacy if you just give us the entire raw footage. Otherwise, right. the video that Damien is uh, talking about here, yeah, there are some very curious aspects to it in way of physicality and perhaps movement, the gait, and so forth. But like he said, we have about four to six seconds of this video. What? Where's the rest of it? Right, right, exactly. It could be because they got scared too. But every well, time, though, that, you know, yeah. every time. I mean, these are seasoned hunters. Some of them that are out there, they're 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 armed with rifles and other. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. Go ahead. 
No, I just, I mean, that's that's my point. These guys, not everybody will hightail it off. I mean, you guys uh, have sometimes hunters sitting in trees up in the stands, and, you know, bears will come up there and kind of meander around, lick their ear, and, you know, these guys don't scare. They're very cautious. But, again, this is very, very uh, uh, concerning when we look at some of these submissions in way of cryptozoology because, again, the material, the content is not there, and it's not congruous to the purported sighting that uh, they put forth. You Although I do believe in cryptids. <laughs> yeah. The paranormal world already has a black eye. Do we need these little short videos to further blacken? You know, I mean, my God. Did you guys happen to see the recent video? I want to see, or, or, or photographs, I guess it is, uh, of the Loch Ness Monster. And it's an overhead shot from a drone this guy had put up there because he wanted to, I guess they were having some sort of boat race or something like that. And in the shot he got, you can see what is almost clearly a plesiosaur. Hmm. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's not a log. I have no idea what it is, but it's... Yeah, there's really, definitely something there. Yeah, there's definitely... And, and like I said, it, it's in the shape of a plesiosaur. Have you guys seen that? I've seen that one. It's, uh, that stuff's definitely, you know, that was... I just had to go deep, 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 deep down and travel around to survive, you know what I mean? As long as nothing killed it, those things would be able to kind of survive a little bit, I feel. And as far yeah. as the video, I mean, the, the shorter the video, the easier to fake. You know, that's kind of even a, even a film thing. And we've probably all seen TikTok videos with 12-year-old girls doing incredible makeup jobs with what they have in their, you know, bathroom cabinet, you know what I mean? So... It's possible, and, you know, there's a lot of people that would like to put videos out there and kind of catch cult status for a little bit, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's interesting. I'd have to see it to see how the, to see how the kind of the muscles uh, move, what, what you were talking about. Because some, some things you just can't fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's just yeah. it. As far um, as videos, uh... Off World Adam asks, what's the video called again? Are you talking about the Bigfoot video that we were just discussing? Uh, the close-up one, Adam? And if so, just Google massive uh, massive Bigfoot um, caught on camera, I think is what it's called. Idaho, or something like that. Yeah, just Google that and you'll find it. It's pretty um, easy. I was going to comment on the whole video thing, and as far as paranormal stuff, like Part of me wants to just be like, look, I, I'm, I'm done with the video, because it could be so fake, there's so many hoaxers, we have technology, but I don't want to throw away anything. So my thoughts on video and the paranormal are, it's good, okay, we, it's still good, but but you need a lot of stuff to go with the video. You need to, you need all the details, you know, where was the film, when was it filmed, what kind of camera was it filmed with, what was the frame rate, what were all the settings, you really need all of that information, and unfortunately... If, all the, if any of that information is lacking, it almost has no quality, other than entertainment. Other than entertainment, it kind of loses any um, value to me. Right. There's no way to data. log data. Data, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, with, with Loch Ness, I, I don't think I'm mistaken, it could be, but uh, I do believe that it still does connect through various channels out to the North Sea. So while the researchers who had uh, some years ago, within the last, I think it was... Oh, God, it might have been 10 years ago now that they had tested the waters to see what kind of DNA they could pull out of it, and they found uh, 
pretty conclusively to a certain degree that there were very large eels that inhabited the Loch Ness. Still, we have to consider that there are times where the water levels are higher and then, you know, certain things may be coming from the North Sea and, you know, just going in there to spend a little time, eat, do its thing. Because then again, we also don't know the migrating patterns or the habits of a creature like a plesiosaur because we've never actually handled or seen one first and foremost to observe. So, you know... We could find something coming soon in the way of revelry when it comes to something like the Loch Ness, but, you know, we're going to have to get a little bit more savvy with our seas at large, and, of course, that takes time. Yeah, um, in fact, I just recently heard that uh, Loch Ness is at its lowest water level in known history, and I think that's why we've had so many sightings this past year. I got a question for you. There's so many cameras and so many undiscovered or unexplored places as well. I got a question for you. Like in the sense of paranormal, where you hear a lot of electrical equipment will go out, uh, you feel the same thing could be with like a, a like a Bigfoot deal, where there's some type of paranormal blows out. That's why you're only getting that small bit of footage. Well, that's definitely a theory out there about Bigfoot, that it's it's possibly an interdimensional being. Um, I don't know if I really uh, hold to that theory, but it is a theory that's out there. I'm more of a flesh and blood kind of guy. So It's, it's also the idea that, I think it's an interesting, interesting point, so could these creatures, like Bigfoot, for example, be doing something, you know, to prevent a good video or something? Like, another thing they could be doing is it... Like lions and tigers produce what's called infrasound, right. so it's a sound that just makes you super uneasy and super scared. So if you're a huge predator like a Bigfoot, I could see how you might want to produce that infrasound, and that may like make people uneasy. And who knows what kind of effects it could have with electronic equipment? I mean, electronic equipment is incredibly finicky. I mean, uh, any extreme temperature change, like cold, you guys know this because you do with cameras. Camera gets too hot, it's done. If it gets too cold, it's done. You know, there, there's all kinds of um, things that could possibly mess with um, uh, cameras. But th- that's why the other thing about photogra- photographs I was going to say is the other thing that videos and photographs have more value to me is if they are done on film. So I'm talking about no electronic cameras. I'm talking if you actually take pictures of UFOs and cryptids with a film camera, this is a chemical process, those pictures actually have a lot more value. They have a lot of more data saved in them that you could get you know, real discoveries out of. We were talking about data, and one of the things I want to talk about is uh, alien abduction. Um, You know, people ask, you know, where's the data? Where's the proof? Well, how do you do that when, like me, I was abducted in 1988, and I didn't recount any of it until 1995? Where's my proof? It's just in my head. You know, I mean, what sort of proof can we offer? People uh, like Regan Havoc uh, has come on the show, and he's shown us where he's had scoop, uh, like fle- flesh has been scooped off of him, and he has bruises, and he has uh, little dots, like in a triangle. But how is that proof? I mean, what sort of proof can we get from alien abductees? I think uh, I think as far as um, extraterrestrials, aliens, we don't know really what they are. So this is just a, 
a blanket term I'm using. I'm using, you know, abductions, aliens, whatever these things are. To me, it seems fairly obvious that they are anywhere from 2,000 to 2 million years more advanced in our understanding of technology. So it's always going to be very difficult for us to get any kind of evidence or to get, like, a leg up on them. Unfortunately, it almost seems like we just have to wait literally just waits until our technology catches up some of theirs before we can make any, any headroom. And it, is, it does seem to be happening. I think the reason why the military has been seeing more UFOs is, I think they mentioned, they upgraded their equipment. This new equipment is able to detect things better. And I think as technology increases, I think we will get more um, disclosure of cryptids and UFOs and ghosts uh, just because our technology will make it easier to prove, basically. And I will, I mean, they're not going to give us everything that they know. Right. Quite possibly. They always keep in something. But in this field, in this field of esoterics, when you ask what proof is, I think it really uh, boils down to a cumulative conclusion. I think that's the most that we can conjecture, you know, in the way of conjecture, have some sort of opinion when it comes to this, because... This type of proof is very experiential, it's very intangible, and again, if enough people have it, you know, these experiences, chances are there's going to be some sort of consensus in the way of, of a shifting reality, wherein, who knows, maybe people who don't accept it will start experiencing it as well. This is a totally different form of uh, stimuli and, you know, inputting this within our own filters, and now we're trying to, I think, in some ways, use an old-world measuring system that we haven't allowed to catch up with our experiences and what we're actually observing, and so, therefore, we only have cumulative conclusion to really go on as of now. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I did have a question for our guests. I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think is the closest, of all the paranormal topics you're interested in, which do you think is the closest to being disclosed or for, for it to stop being paranormal and actually being normal, like being actual fact, uh, if that makes any sense? What do you think the closest to proving is correct? Ray, you want to go first? Uh, I thought you might do that to me. <laughs> okay, I would probably say life after death. Okay, interesting. If you're looking at work in a quantum field and energy fields, uh, the work they're doing now about how consciousness continues and goes out into the universe, uh, science is looking into it on multiple levels. Whether they admit it or not, that's, that's partly what they're looking into. Um, I would say there... And also sometimes if, and there, were, there was a study in England they did uh, with a group of mediums. And they, it looked like in the results they were kind of hesitant to admit there was something there that they couldn't explain or that there was actually something from the other side, so to speak, coming through. Interesting. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with how they approach it and how much of an open mind they have. Uh, what I'll do is that, okay, when I was when I was doing the mediumship to make sure that people knew that it was communication, I had rules. And one of the rules is I don't want to know who you are, who you want to talk to, anything. I would go in completely cold. I would not socialize ahead of time, but isolate. And the other rule I had is I will give you information, 
and you say yes or no. Now, I might give somebody some information. They may think, oh, that sounds like I throw my hand up and say stop. Just yes or no. Do you understand? And these, the studies that were done in England were very similar. And there was a lot that they could not explain unless you were to accept it was coming from somewhere else. And it, I found that very interesting. Um, I also found that, well, from personal experience and being a medium, is there an afterlife? I have to say yes. Um, an example I, I like to give is there was a, a young girl one time and I was giving her information about her father and she was on the verge of tears. And I could see her father standing next to her, even though he was in spirit. And I asked him with my mind, give me some something she knows you're there. And he pointed to his ring finger where the wedding band would be, and there was nothing there. He pointed to her pocket and smiled. I wow. said, I said, thank you. And I said, your father wants you to know that he's with you right now. You have his wedding band in your pocket. And she broke down crying and took the wedding band out. Oh. Wow. Wow. Now That's she, amazing. She, uh, for, I have to make it real for them because I know it is real. I couldn't know that. I never met her, spoke to her, never met her father when he, when he was alive. But when I would give a message, I wanted to make sure that they knew by my standards that this had to come from those in spirit. Ray, did I hear you say... I'm sorry to interrupt, but did I hear you say that you had asked the father mentally so yeah, she didn't I, hear what you were saying? I, I communicate with my, with my, I speak in my mind. I don't speak out loud. Okay. It's just when I, have, so when I have the evidence, then I, then I actually speak. But the conversation happens in my mind. I connect on what I call a vibrational or energy level with their energy and spirit. Okay. And, and they can re they can talk to you as well, right? Yes. The interesting thing about talking is, um, I did a uh, family gallery. Gallery. I went into a house. There was a family there, and I was speaking to them. And afterwards, and this is why, to me, it is uh, more of an energy or vibration. And it, with the mind, it's that afterwards, someone came up to me and said, "Oh, I didn't know you spoke Portuguese." <laughs> and I said, "I don't speak Portuguese." said, well, that was my grandmother. She didn't speak English. <laughs> but in, in, the, in the realm of spirit, um, you communicate in a different way. And language is not a barrier. I believe that. You know, it's, it's curious. I've actually had a very similar experience in certain ways. Uh, back in 2012, I believe it was, I was out barbecuing for a couple friends and somebody had called me on the phone and they said listen you know I'm, I'm, this is a good friend of mine he says I'm, I'm having a tough time my, my father has passed away and he did about six months prior he said I'm just you know having a real difficult time emotionally I'm like okay you know so we started talking a little bit about it and all of a sudden boom here was his dad but this big smile short guy wearing uh, a leather jacket dark leather jacket uh, you know casually dressed and he's there smiling and he it's persistent in your mind's eye you can't like blink let it, it won't go away it's just right there in front of you so as my friend is telling me you know his his heart basically i said to his father mentally i said go to him now and let him know that you're there and i didn't say anything to my friend that you know i had his father already and you know got the attention as my friend is talking all of a sudden he goes wait a minute 
oh my god, I think he's here right now, and he's he'd never really had an experience this close to spirit before, and you know he had you know the chills and the frisson experience, but he identified that it was his father, and I said, well, listen. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you know, I just asked him because he, he showed up and I asked him to go over to you. He, and he said, no way. I can't believe. It. And I said, listen, let me tell you what he's wearing. I've never seen the guy in person. Uh, I've never seen a picture of him. I don't know anything about his father. And I gave him the description. He said, oh, my God, that's my father to a T. And what ended up happening was he had given me this jacket. Uh, that was his father's after he had passed and I had put it away and it was in the closet. I hadn't really worn it. Uh, apparently I was seeing that specific jacket on his father, but only put it together later. So just to kind of add on what Ray was mentioning there. Wow. Matt, what are your thoughts? Well, it's very hard to follow Ray with something like that. (laughs) 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 But to support him, I'll agree with him and I'll say, you know, uh, the afterlife, definitely. I mean, you have mediums that are on crime scenes that are talking to people from the other side to help investigations. And you even, there's certain places where if your house is haunted, uh, you have to tell people who are tra- attempting to buy your house if it's up for sale. But I think little things like that are definitely kind of uh, proof that it's going to be a little more open in the future, I think. It's interesting, too. I will say that um, if you guys are familiar with Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the, pr- the previous owner was Robert Bigelow, who is a billionaire. Uh, he, he's also working with NASA and making, like, little uh, houses for inflatable houses or homes for, not homes, like enclosures for people to live on Mars. Anyway, he, uh, he's really into the paranormal. He, bought, he used to own Skinwalker Ranch. He had a nonprofit organization. He hired all these scientists to study the paranormal. And he recently uh, gave uh, several thousands of dollars for proposals, and these proposals were for someone who could come up with an experiment to prove the afterlife. So he's actively funding that specific type of research. So that's that's also interesting that you guys said that. Yeah, would you guys a million dollars after the afterlife is going to be proven before uh, uh, the existence of aliens? Uh, I think it could be just because. The afterlife, I don't think it's. I don't think it's trying to hide itself from us. Mm-hmm. Like aliens, I think they're they're trying to hide from us on purpose. But the afterlife, perhaps the afterlife wants us to know that it's there. You know, it's not trying to hide. I agree with that. I agree. Well, it's so just a natural course. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Michael. I just what said it's a say? natural. All I said was it's a natural course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Eventually, everything comes out. Well, speaking of spirit world. Do you guys think individually that there is a difference between a ghost and a spirit? Hmm. Let me, throw, let me throw that question at you, Ray. Yeah. I would say that uh, the only thing different, you know, it, it's how we, we categorize it. I don't think there was any difference. I think it's, it's just a label we put on them. When it's a haunting, we call it a ghost uh, most of the time. We've gotten used to that. Um, I don't think that there's any difference between ghost or spirit. It's the same thing. We as human beings like to put a label on everything. And it's it, put a it, it, definition on the ghost is considered to have residual energy left. Um, there's, there's, there's residual hauntings. If you're talking a spirit, then you're talking about uh, an active 
entity or an active energy there, uh, something okay. that, that you can interact with. What I'd like to go to is sometimes it is simply a case of language. Um, I know that uh, when I was when I was do, doing some studies on ancient languages, and I was looking for one word and how it made its way into our language right now. And matter of fact, mostly Ghosty did something on fairies. Mm. And there was an old word that originally started uh, with an old Arab word that eventually went over to Greek and that eventually went over into English and it ended up as F-A-I apostrophe R-E and I think it went through France and then to English which eventually it became our theory hmm. but the original Arab word stood for jinn yeah. so it's kind of like but there were two the Latin gave it one way, went one way, and then the uh, Greek went another way, and the Greek was the one that was accepted, modified, and the story was changed along with the word down the line. Huh. So it's all in translation, interpretation, society at that time, the label, how they're going to interpret it and put the language on it. And uh, I think ghost and spirit are the same, residual haunting and active are different. But me, uh, ghost and spirit, they're, they're basically, in my mind, the same thing. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. We used to have a panel member on, on Black Lotus, and his name is Keith Anthony Blanchard, and he talks quite extensively about fairies. And he's had encounters with them, and pretty interesting. Do you guys believe in fairies? Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there, 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 there's, there's like the Tinkerbelly ones that we know from cartoons. There's also some scary ones that are almost Pugawudgie like. Uh, it's all the they're like uh, what they put forth type deal. Definitely believe in that whole deal for sure. Something's out there. Right, like the gin. Like the gin. Yeah. The gin. Yeah. Uh, and the gin I found out about not too long ago when we did an episode on it, maybe a season, and the gin's like a whole thing, you know what I mean? I, I'm a horror fan, so I like the Wishmaster films, and uh, gin's such a dark entity, you know what I mean? Very, very dark. Ray knew all about the gin. <laughs> well, there, there, are, there are good gin as well as bad. Yeah, they are, right. but... Just think of the bad ones. Uh, yeah, you like the bad ones. They're, 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 they're more fun in the movies, in the stories. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think uh, the question was interesting about the difference between spirits and ghosts. Uh, I think there's probably a rainforest worth of different types of life that exists on the same plane. Once again, the plane that we can't interact with. So I think uh, as humans, we're... We, we have so just little information, we're barely trying to categorize what's a spirit, what's a ghost. Yeah. But we have so such little information. But I do think that if you start to look, if we knew everything, we would discover that what we consider to be a ghost is not alone. There are other things around it. Like I said, a rainforest worth of different life that is just all kinds of life and form. So I do think there are probably different types of things that, that live that act similar. I think there are different types of things that, that act similar to a ghost or a spirit, and they are different. We just know so little about it. 
I wonder how many instances of hauntings uh, there are uh, that are actually some sort of uh, elemental being like that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, that I think that may account for a lot of like poltergeist activity. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree with that. But, well, I think we're going to get out of here pretty shortly for the night. I want to remind the viewers that, uh, you know, we are not monetized on YouTube just yet. Uh, it's coming, but it's coming very slowly. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to support Black Lotus and you like what we do here, uh, definitely check out the links I have in the description. We have a link for Buy Me a Coffee, uh, and then we have uh, our Patreon page, and... Uh, uh, more videos are going to be coming to that, and you know, with the, you know your monthly donation of five dollars a month, uh, you can get extra content. And uh, video, videos are definitely coming up soon for that again. So uh, definitely check that out. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up before we end. But does anybody else have any questions or comments or anything before we get out of here? Nothing that could be answered shortly. <laughs> so we must have them back again. It doesn't need to be that short. I have a quick one for everybody. You can give a yes or a no. Do you believe everybody has the potential or ability, uh, psychic or mediumship, to be able to be able to see and speak with those in other dimensions or worlds? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I just think yeah, you I need do. to be careful about it. You know. Oh, definitely. But it's on everybody's path. Right. But I do think, like, you know, we only use, they say, 10% of the brain. I do think there's a lot in there that would allow us to do that. It's just whether or not you want to harness it. And, again, in in England, they were doing another study. This was also with uh, mediums, and they found out that they they wired their brains, and they measured the brain waves. And they found there's a section of the brain that is usually mostly dormant, that is active when they're communicating. Hmm. And it is, it is the same section that is active uh, during deep meditation and what they hmm. call a religious experience. Hmm. And Interesting. That, that section of the brain, that I forget whether it's the beta, beta, uh, the brain waves, that section of the brain and the waves that come out of there in our day-to-day, is usually dormant, hardly ever used. But it activates during times of deep meditation, uh, prayer and spiritual experiences, and when delivering messages in the, during the mediumship. Maybe it's because you're, you're focusing so much on one point? Right. You're exercising a completely different muscle group, so to speak. Right. Definitely, and I think that the medita- there are techniques out there, and there are meditations and techniques to be able to try and tap that and develop it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, well, one of one of the uh, things I enjoyed most is I used to run a six-hour seminar and teach people the basics of, of uh, meditation and also communication, and I would arrive. And I would ask, like, I wouldn't tell the people, but I, like, I'd ask my mother and father and some friends who were in spirit to be with me. By the end of it, I would have the trainees in the class delivering the messages. Wow. Wow. And it, it had about a 90% success rate. 
once they're taught wow, that open, high. Once they're taught to open their mind. Right. I admit, That's a big I, percentage. I had a guarantee that, you know, if you are not satisfied, you get your money back. I never had, never was asked for the money. Really? Everybody can connect if they allow themselves to. Right. I believe it. Yeah, but once I started studying the paranormal, that's one of the conclusions I came to. Just from reading, listening and reading about all kinds of stories, I was like, okay, it looks like everybody has this, this psychic ability. It just needs to be trained. And it looks like meditation is one of the easiest ways to get there. It's basically what I discovered. Yes. We went to Rutland Prison Camp uh, recently, and we shot some footage there. So it was a place over in Massachusetts up by us. And, uh, or was that New Hampshire, right? No, that's that's Massachusetts. I've been there and had bad experiences coming back. And I've actually met somebody recently who wrote an entire book on the same entity that followed me home and what happened in her life. She'll be on the show in you know some days to come here. Mm. That place is no joke, though. Yeah, it was crazy. I've heard we had a uh, we had some mediums with us, and uh, they got it. We went into the, there's like this um, the cellar area when you first approach it. And there was the, the spirits of, uh, at each, there was a guy in each corner and there was like a young girl that was there that they were, they weren't kind of let, letting leave. And, uh, it's cause like the main guy, the main spirit, the most powerful spirit kind of had a like, took a liking to her. And, uh, it was kind of a, we, we, we unrolled through the whole story with her and it was kind of a sad story where she, you know, her home life wasn't that great to begin with and, you know, it, Unfortunately, she almost ended up in a better place being dead, which is horrifying, you know what I mean? But, like, she, somebody actually cared about her. Very dark stuff, yeah. So I'm with you that dark stuff happened there, I'm sure. Uh, I don't I don't second-guess you saying you got followed back by something for a second. Well, the funny thing was, I went to the location, and at the time I was working with Michael Cram from Seven Hills Paranormal, which is now defunct, unfortunately, but he warned me about this particular entity. Now, I had been there prior to, but he said there's the tunnels, which is off to the left from the root cellar. If you're to move back, you'll see that there's about six foot drop down under. Now, the significant thing about the entity and the tunnels is that at one point, there was some sort of uh, satanic coven that was working up there, and they had opened up something, allowed this to come in, and then just never put it back. So it's been roaming around the property ever since. And one of his uh, ways of caution, he said, was just don't go to the, the tunnels. Stay in the root cellar. Stay in isolation. Just don't go to the tunnels. I said, okay, sure. So myself and the two other investigators I had at the time, we stayed true to that. And sure enough, this thing ran audibly from the tunnels up into the root cellar. And I personally didn't hear it. It was my other investigator who did, but it was me who got the brunt of that thing being in there. As you're in the root, uh, the root cellar, you look at the door, and against the uh, backdrop of the city lights, which are very faint, but you can still make it out, depending on how overgrown that entrance is, um, we saw these shadows file in very swiftly, very quietly, and they were all, you know, about 5'6", five, 5'9", five, uh, may have been male, may not have been, but featureless shadows, and they literally, again, filed around us and encompassed us. As I watched this happen, immediately 
my attention was drawn back to the entrance of the door, and here came this big lumbering shadow about nine to ten feet tall, and that's what stood behind me and got into my mind's eye, screaming, yelling, cursing. It was one of the most uh, intense moments of anger I have felt off of anybody, living or dead. And as I got back in the car to leave, because we shortly after uh, decided to cut the investigation short, knowing what was going on and that I was already feeling very uneasy, we get in the car, we're driving off the property, I'm like, nope. Something doesn't feel right. And my other guy says, yeah, you know, I feel a little weird. I'm like, no, something does not feel right, man. It was my first uh, experience with something that negative. And sure enough, for the next three months, this damn thing was with me. So there you go. That's Rutland State Prison. I cannot go back on the grounds. Uh, that thing, it, we almost made a pact that we're going to leave each other alone, and it's sort of an unspoken thing. So anytime I've thought about, well, let me go in and put a documentary together on Butlin Prison Camp. I have my own experiences. I know people. Every time I look at that place with my mind's eye, I am literally turned the other direction and pushed away. I said, okay. Okay, yeah. I relinquish. I relinquish. We'll cut it off there. You know, if you want to hear more about Rutland, of course, check out one of our recent episodes where we investigated Rutland Prison Camp. Uh, again, again, one more time for everybody. Uh, if you like that, that's only a little, that's a tip of the iceberg, all right? That's a tip of the damn iceberg. Uh, go check them out at Black Lotus Productions on YouTube, Black Lotus Live. Name of the episode, Matthew Fisher and Ray Booten from Mostly Ghostly. Uh, I recommend, you know what I mean? Check out the whole episode, Fun Times. Uh, we want to thank Ralph, Damien, Wild Trees, Terry, Dark Gower, and Kimberly for having us on their show. It was a lot of fun. We're going to hopefully get some of those folks on the Ghostly show soon. We had Kimberly already. Um, and, you know, venture back onto their sh show again in the future. You know what I mean? The future is a beautiful thing. All right? With that being said, me and Ray, we uh, we hope you enjoyed this little highlight, titty-bitty, best of, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and yeah, you know the same old stuff. Check out the social medias, the Boombastic Media on uh, YouTube. You know, right now, uh, you'll be approaching... The uh, the time for I think right now actually you'll probably have we'll probably have up Halloween will probably be up at this point in time you know what I mean who's to say for sure um, but definitely check out all the social media we also got the Boombastic streaming on Patreon if anybody wants to support like that and uh, other than that we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Mostly and Ghostly.